Welcome to How Did This Get Praised, the movie podcast that once you've met, you never really forget. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a nice one. That's cute. I'm Daniela Mazio, and I'm here with my co host. He'll steal your name. It's <laughs> Daniela Mazio. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the turnaround. It's not in the script. Wait, who, so, who am I? Am I? Who um, am I? I'm, I'm Maz. Maz. <laughs> Maz. I want to be F. <laughs> E-F. E-F. Yeah. Oh, uh, hi, Stefan. Stefan Carlson. How yeah. are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm I'm lovely. I have yeah. I have wonderful news. What? I started a job. Whoa! I know. It's so great to you know be have money in this day and age. Money's cool in this economy. Very important. Very important. How are you? Any, any, any news? <laughs> any news any new, or any, any shouts news. and murmurs? Um, I went out on a date with a boy. <gasps> you didn't tell me that. Yeah. Oh Did God. I not tell you that? Oh, no. Shit. Was it um the boy you've been yes. talking to throughout the pandemic? That's so cute. Yeah. Oh, how did it go? It if you feel good. comfortable. Yeah, we got we got lunch and then got coffee. That's so cute that you've it been talking lovely. and then you had a nice date. You've been talking Yeah, we've for been so talking, long. I think, since like the summer. Yeah. Oh my god. Ooh. So that's been weird. Yeah, it's like you kind of already know each other. Yeah, it's really weird just meeting for the first time now. Oh. That's so oh well that just made my day that's so hashtag dating in 2021 i wrote a buzzfeed article about it you can read it it's all gifts <laughs> it's all disney gifts uh is it uh 20 reasons of uh, being gay in 2021 is the balls yeah is hashtag lit <laughs> And it's just um, the Danny DeVito character from Hercules, but 20 times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> surprisingly, Hercules might come up again today. Mm -hmm. But before it does, um, let's introduce the show a little bit about us. Yeah. So uh, if you're a film lover of any creed, you're probably familiar with the quote unquote canon, aka those movies all the most annoying people you know tell you you have to see. Have to see. <laughs> I like that delivery. I'm sorry oh. to interrupt, but <laughs> uh, I have to do it a little differently each time, you know, to keep yeah. it fresh. Um, keep it fresh. Keep it fresh for for the it's regulars, good. the yeah. regs, you know. Oh, uh, we love our regs. For O O M F. <laughs> o O M F. One of my followers. Isn't that like something that's starting to happen on like gay Twitter, like uh, saying? I just thought it meant oomph, like oomph. <laughs> <laughs> It's what like the Gen Zers are doing. Oh, <laughs> Olivia yeah. Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the canon, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> the movies you have to see. Well, these movies are considered to be the greats for one reason or another. But we started asking, why do these movies get praised? 
So throughout each episode, you're going to take one beloved movie, whether a financial success, critical success, cult favorite, or film with some sort of legacy, and we're going to talk about two things. One, why we think this movie got praised, and two, is it actually any good? Because after all, who are we going to let decide what's good? Two cool as hell best friends who met each other in a high school film class? Or your capitalist pig parents who won't stop gorging themselves on the labor of others? Not yeah. our parents, though. No. No. Uh, if two you've... heroes' parents. Or Those... your parents. Yeah. OMF. Those fat sacks of <laughs> shit. <laughs> Um, if you've ever loved a movie despite feeling like it wasn't made for you or hated a movie that you were told is made for everyone, this is the podcast for you. And last bit of housekeeping. Mm, In place mm, of the mm. ads you might be accustomed to with podcasts. Uh, so everyone not- just clicked off. Everyone just clicked <laughs> off. Um, Seven and I select an organization each episode that we'd like to encourage you to donate to. We have no affiliation. They're not like paying us or anything. We just support their missions and they work to combat real world issues that are present in a lot of the films we talk about and arguably do a better job than the movies. So given the subject matter of today's episode, we want to encourage you to support and donate to the Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights. The Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights protects and advances the rights and best interests of immigrant children according to the Convention on the Rights of the Child in state and federal law. Continue listening to learn more about the Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights and how you can help support. Additionally, we'll donate $2 per listen, up to a total of $50, to the Young Center and their efforts to champion the rights and best interests of unaccompanied immigrant children, making sure that wherever they land, whether here in the U.S. or in their home country, they are safe. Very important stuff. Uh, (laughs) Refugees and immigration and uh, the way... Countries near and far treat people is not wonderful, especially children. Um, but what is wonderful is that uh, through you and your various listens to this podcast and kind of our pledges, we have donated over $500 uh, since we started this podcast to various causes. Um, and that's all. I mean, it's because of us, but it's really all because of you. Because, yeah. uh, for, you know, for every listen, we pledge that $2 up to a total of 50 because it is out of our young, our young eco- new economy <laughs> pockets. But uh, we want to support and we appreciate your support as, you know, we help support together these organizations and these causes. But back to fucking movies, the most important thing that anyone could ever talk about in this economy. Um, So, Stefan, why don't you tell us today, what movie are we talking about? We are talking about 2002's Miyazaki's (laughs) Miyazaki Shrek. Oh, Wait, is that like Zack Snyder's Justice League? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Miyazaki's Shrek. <laughs> the four-hour reimagining of Shrek. 
no, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. That's what uh, Miyazaki said. Animation was a mistake about <laughs> was about Shrek. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. That's a myth. But yeah, um, we're talking about 2002's Academy Award winning Spirited Away. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What is exciting? Yeah. What is what, well, what is it about? I've What's never it about? seen it. I don't know anything about wow, it. Wow, it's kind of bad you've never seen it because we're gonna talk about it a lot. Oh, so shit. shit. That sounds like a different podcast concept entirely. No, I actually I usually just kind of bullshit my way through these. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I That's mean cool. you know, you read an IMDB page, you've read them all. God. Oh, true. <laughs> okay. So Spirited Away is about a young girl and her family who are moving to a new town to start a new life. She's pretty upset about it because she had friends at her old school, Dad. Fuck you, Michael Chiklis, if you're <laughs> watching the dub. And um, they're on their way to their house, but they um, stop at an old theme park slash spa thing. And they go and it's abandoned, but is it abandoned? Because they come up on um kiosk of uh, like food being cooked and it's sausages. Really... Yeah, sausages and pigs and rice and other stuff, I'm sure. Three food groups. They probably have some <laughs> bread pudding there. I had some insane <laughs> bread pudding the other day. So Oh, we will talk about that. <laughs> it's very important um so they're they're eating this food and then um they're like don't worry we'll pay for it later babe there's no one there and uh our main character chihiro is like don't eat the food i i want to leave this is weird and then as they eat the food chihiro walks away for a bit and she comes back and they've transformed um, to reflect the their inner souls, which are uh, fat, sloppy pigs. And it freaks her out and she runs away and the whole world starts to transform into the spirit world. And uh, there's a bunch of spirits there and she's freaking out and she meets a boy named Haku and Haku is like, follow me, I'll keep you safe. And then um, she goes to Yubaba, the evil witch who runs the spa and gets a job from her and gets her name stolen. And you know what? Some hijinks and hilarity kind of ensue after that as she tries to find her way home and save her parent pigs, picky parents. How did pickles. you... <laughs> How did you describe the parents? Something fat pigs? Fat or... sacks of shit. <laughs> no, you're like you're like dumb fat pigs or, <laughs> or something. Dumb fat capitalist consuming yeah. pigus. One could say that they're the dumb ugly ogres of the <sighs> plot. That's right. I'm not Ogre Shrek, Whoa. listeners. You're going to be caught up on Shrek for a while, I feel. Yeah. And you're too gay for Shrek t-shirt <laughs> idea. By the way, we are... <laughs> if you listen to our Shrek episode, uh, you might remember that uh, <laughs> one of our running jokes became uh, the concept of being too gay for Shrek, which uh, 
possibly Rufus Wainwright, uh, who covered Hallelujah, might be too gay for Shrek. Too gay for Shrek. Too gay for Shrek. So, uh, but we're not. But we uh, we want to we want to allow people who are too gay for Shrek get to be loud and proud about it just in time yeah. for Pride. So um, it's our contribution to Pride Month. You're welcome. God, it probably is gonna time with that, which was not planned. But yes, perfect. Uh, we are working on a T-shirt idea. Stay tuned. I wouldn't pinky promise on it, but you know. Stay tuned. We're mm-hmm. going to have some fun stuff for you. Yeah. No, so, um, Spirited Away. Let's l- let's talk about it. Stefan, what is your history yeah. with Spirited Away? And let's also say with uh, Miyazaki, Studio Ghibli, mm. uh, you know, in general. So Spirited Away was the first um, studio. Is it Ghibli or Ghibli? And I never know. I've always said Ghibli. I've always said Ghibli, so... Is it Ghirardelli or Ghirardelli? Ghirardelli. You know, <laughs> Studio Ghirardelli. <laughs> same, uh, same country of origin. <laughs> same, yeah, same issue here. Can you um, imagine if clearly. all the Miyazaki movies were just Italian? Wow. <laughs> Be a lot of hand. They'd have to animate a lot of hand motion. <laughs> Totoro! <laughs> we've got to go get to my mother <laughs> yeah um so i saw spirited away in the theater actually it was at amc woodfield oh um, shit that's a good one yeah we saw snowpiercer there yeah we did um, <laughs> it, it, it's very clearly in my head actually seeing this movie um it was kind of a big deal going like kind of to a faraway theater where they were screening it it was i think it was more underground at this point maybe kind of anything my older cousin karen who um unfortunately is not with us now but um she had a really big influence on kind of like the the artistic things i like and my taste in movies and music and pop culture and that kind of thing so she took us to see it um she took my mom and my brother and i to see it um and i thought it was really cool i was really um i remember being really in awe of it when i was a kid and really being super into it at the time so it's kind of a really warm memory for me Aww. of this movie. Yeah. And did you, um, then was that kind of like in your introduction and then you went back through the... I actually you... didn't. Oh. Um, I, I think I was too young, maybe, to really kind of like take the agency to go back and watch all of them. But I did go see Howl's Moving Castle when that came out. I think that was a few years later. I saw that in theaters too. And then I pretty much saw every other movie that came out, but I didn't watch the old ones and I still haven't watched most of the old ones. Except for Totoro, which we'll Except for talk Totoro, about. which we'll I'll talk about that memory. <laughs> yeah. Which uh oh, we'll we'll talk about it. Um Oh yeah, what about you? What's what's yeah. in this so, movie? <laughs> um so uh I was and this is something, it's so weird because I have thought as a uh, studio Ghibli. Ghibli. <laughs> uh, it deserves more respect than me not being prepared with knowing how to pronounce it. Um, no, I always remember the Miyazaki movies. Like, I always associated them as being a big part of my childhood. But mm. um, when I actually, like, think through memories, it really, for the 
for like the longest time it was just kiki's delivery service um mm. so that was the first miyazaki movie i had seen it was the dub with um uh, kristen, dunce. kristen dunce um and uh and the late phil hartman and i do not know we had it on vhs I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the first time I saw it was on VHS. And as we'll talk about, that also has to do with some distribution. The movies before Spirit Away weren't really distributed in theaters in the same way that we think of like, oh, Ponyo's coming out in America or, you yeah. know, what have you. So um, we had it on VHS shortly after uh, Buena Vista through Disney started to do some of the uh, home video releases. And I had just watched it a billion times. That was one of my favorite VHSs. I do not remember the first time I watched it. It just was one of those movies that was just on, I put on so often that I I just think of it as always being there. Mm. I have to imagine one of the reasons my parents would have gotten it for me in the first place was because of Phil Hartman, because my dad is a big comedy guy especially like 80s and 90s comedy phil hartman was a comedian he really enjoyed and phil hartman plays uh Gigi in um in kiki's delivery service and is very funny and that was something i always remembered you um, know what, what's he known for outside of Kiki's um so he was he was a he was a saturday night live cast member okay. um kind of in the same class as chris farley yeah um and then he was also on the sitcom news radio um and then, uh, yeah, he he died in a very tragic way that we do not need to talk about in this episode. But cool. um, an unusual way, and the whole story is very fucked up, uh, mm. and it's a shame. Oh, he's also Troy McClure in Simpsons, where he's like, "Hi, I'm Troy McClure." Yeah, you might, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so I just watched Kiki so much, and I think I just associated it because. You know, around the times that we were in middle school, Miyazaki kind of became like our like part of our generation zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. I think there were because after Spirited Away, the movie started coming, uh, you know, having U.S. releases within the same year. So I think like I knew people who had seen like Howl's Moving Castle as it came out. I, I didn't. I have no clue why. Or maybe I did. I just don't remember. Yeah. Um, I really don't remember that one. But um. So I I was very aware of, like, the iconography of, like, My Neighbor Totoro and some of the other ones that had, like, very notable, like, besides Kiki's, like, oh, these are the Miyazaki characters, you know, kind Mm. of from his cinematic universe. Um, And I always associated it as a thing that I shared with my dad. But again, I don't think we saw any of the movies that was in Kiki's (laughs) delivery service for, like probably five or six years after like i had gotten really into that movie yeah and so um but eventually it did we so we started to watch all of them uh so i think like my neighbor totoro was next spirited away was probably like probably the third one i saw or maybe it was even the second one um we never owned it so i didn't watch it repeatedly but i think Mm -hmm. we might have watched it as a family like on cable um and i don't really remember the movie at all uh i remember that we did watch it like i have a very vivid memory of watching it in the living room but i Mm. didn't remember anything past the parents turning into pigs interesting and i think there's a very good chance and i'll have to fact check this with my parents i think there's a very good chance uh we all fell asleep during it (laughs) 
okay. just never, cool. never tried again. Cool. Um, or I fell asleep during it, and they mm. like watched all of it. I, especially at my parents' place, uh, would tend to fall asleep during movies because I would think. I would, like, lie down on the floor to watch them, thinking, like, it'll be fine. This will just be the most cozy way to watch it. And then I'll just fall asleep during it. That's fair, yeah. Um, so then the second time, I I never ended up rewatching it for a really long time. Uh, and then I eventually caught up with most of them. There's still a couple I haven't seen, but my dad and mm. I watched the rest of them. Kiki's and Totoro had always kind of been the big ones for me. Um, and then, uh, I have this very lovely memory of a few years ago, a friend group kind of in its early stages, uh, including someone who's still one of my best friends, uh, John, uh, we were all at my then boyfriend's, uh, place mm -hmm. and had had a very heavy and kind of dramatic night of drinking the night before. It was the first time we had all hung out together. We had known each other from work for the most part or like friend groups melding. And, like half of everyone had gotten blackout drunk. Like I didn't, but it was just like kind of a, a rough night and we woke up uh, John was supposed to go to work and he overslept, so he just called off. <laughs> um, and it was goofy because, like, we also worked with him and we were like, it's fine, we don't care. Um, and then, uh, kind of impromptu, we made this huge brunch, like, pancakes and French toast and, like, two types of eggs and sausage and bacon and, like, everything. We made this huge brunch spread for ourselves, and then as we ate it, we started to watch Spirited Away together, and I don't I don't know how we even landed on it, but this is what happened. And uh, because everyone had gotten so drunk the night before, uh, we all fell asleep during it. Aww. So I don't know if I've actually ever seen this movie yeah. in its entirety. When you were until... watching it for our for the yeah. podcast purposes. Yeah. I've definitely the seen the first 30 minutes of it twice before this, but I don't uh. I I don't know if I've seen any more than it so uh that's my history with spirited cool. away but i'm a big i am a big miyazaki fan i love a lot of the movies mm. um and uh yeah i i was mm. glad to revisit this one as one of the ones that i surprisingly was not as familiar with cool yeah yeah so. oh oh also shout out to john hancock friend of yes the show. yeah we have this wonderful friend john hancock it's his real name yeah. uh who we are hoping to have on at some point uh because he's just a lovely yeah. person who's so cool funny as shit and uh has great opinions about movies yeah, so love that guy shout out to you john um so what do what are our general thoughts about spirited away i adore it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit. What else can yeah. I say? I like it more than Shrek. I'm sorry, Shrek. <laughs> uh, don't let that writer from The Guardian know, because then, then, then he'll just be like, "Yeah, fuck Shrek. Shrek's awful." Did someone trash Shrek? 
Yeah, and then and then they were like, oh, and now I'm sorry that like I trashed something that is not good, and now no one can take a nuanced opinion God. in this hating. I'm like, fuck off. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, no one's being nuanced about it, but also you didn't need to write an op-ed in the Guardian twenty years later about how Shrek is not good. Actually, <laughs> I don't think anyone f- has like <laughs> come away being like Shrek's a masterpiece. I just think we're like, hey, it's like gross and a meme and indecent too yeah. um so yeah no yeah um yeah I lo- it's i love it it's all like i love it. it's delightful it is delightful and just so beautiful and you can tell so much work and love really went into it and it just radiates off it yeah we should have watched his son's movie <laughs> The 3D one that's on HBO now that looks like a turd. Oh no! Yeah, that's um, sad. Because his, really his son was like, "Yeah, old man, I'll show you that 3D can be done." And because uh, they haven't been doing 3D for 20 years, uh, it looks really bad mm. <laughs> and has like no magic to it. And people yeah. are like, "You're." Your father's uh, production company never needed to be 3D. It's not about being behind on the times. It's about the fact that they do. He does beautiful work with mm-hmm. 2D. Um. Anyway, that's a digression. Yeah, um, but what did what did you think of it? Did you hate it? Oh no 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 no! It I seems didn't... like the kind of movie you would hate. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, elaborate. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hate uh, movies about little girls uh, coming of age and finding yeah. themselves. Just no, fuck you. Grow up and stop being a little bitch. <laughs> My God. Um. No. 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 I, I hate that. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> I hate that we didn't get to see radishes. Radish spirit. Do you know radish spirit? Why is it so familiar? Radish Spirit, he's the dude in the elevator. Oh, right, right, right. I love Radish. I I know. Why wasn't he the protagonist? Yeah, I hate that we didn't get to see his giant radish dong. It, like, really ruins the movie for me. Zero out of ten. No radish dong. I would write a Guardian article about it. About why Spirited Away is bad because there's no radish dog. I would write a BuzzFeed article, which is 20 uh, pictures of what I imagine radish spirit's (laughs) dog could look like. 20 reaction gifts. Um, I have to shout out another friend, Michelle. Uh, they've been they've been listening to this podcast and they were listening to the Shrek episode and they told me if they heard us say the word cummies one more time. They were gonna lose their minds. Oh, um, so shout. Well, we out just to- ruined their days. So. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Sh- shout out to Michelle. Sorry, Michelle. <laughs> when did um, we say cummies? I mean, I mean, I'm sure we did a lot, but I don't even remember. It's what mainly it, was. it is mainly you, but <laughs> you're talking about uh, Satan's. Like Satan's. Satan's coming. Something about that. We were talking about sin and Shrek okay. and yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. It sounds right. My thoughts on Spirited Away. Uh, So in general, I think it's good. Mm. Um, I this is one of those movies that I kind of have like I would give it a different 
objective rating than I would like a personal rating. Mm-hmm. It it um is I think like a masterpiece objectively. Uh and for, but for some reason it just doesn't it just doesn't connect with me as much. That's fair. And I think part of that is um because of the Miyazaki movies that spoke to me when I was much younger, I think uh I'm more drawn to like the whimsical coming mm-hmm. of age than like the heavier version. Um yeah. but I have so much appreciation for this movie. And again, you know, we'll be getting into this in like truth, truthfully, just a few minutes, but uh, it's so original. Like, it's mm. just such a fully fleshed out, rich universe that yeah. uh, I mean, I can't help but be like, that's in- that's incredible. Mm. Um, just for some reason, uh, just emotionally it just it doesn't resonate as much with me i'm sure part of it was that i watched it at an age where it was a little too heavy for me and i checked out and fell asleep or something yeah um and then just have have never gone back to it but i mean there's a lot of things i love i love the reappearance of soot sprites i love soot sprites in the miyazaki universe um i love um uh i love no face no face is pretty great no face is great um, Actually, for Christmas last year, I got a No Face coin bank. So No Face does he is like holding, sip up? Yeah, yeah. No Face is holding a little tray, and then when you wind it up, he'll go, he'll go, uh, uh, and then he'll just put the tray in his mouth. His neck yeah. opens up, and it has his mouth. It's adorable. I have, uh, I've seen that because uh, I, I saw it at C two E two, which is oh. where I got my Kiki's Delivery Service music box, oh, cool. which is um, a recreation of Gigi in a little cage, which is from the scene in the movie, and it plays nice. one of the songs from the movie. So I've seen. Yeah, I love all. The, it's all very good. Um, Aaron and I actually we would scare each other by doing the no face thing as kids. <laughs> you just go right. like, uh, uh, and I'd be like, stop, <laughs> stop it. It's creeping me out. Um, uh, so now sometimes we'll just do that. We'll go, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm doing um, the hand motion too. You can't see it, but yeah. 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 Well, that's, um, that's very good. I oh, yeah. Um, I had an idea. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Brain did, blast. Did you did you have something or? I was just gonna, I was just gonna keep talking about the movie. Share your idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, the movie. Yeah, I wanted to get back to the movie. Um, you were talking about how you didn't really gel with this yeah, one yeah. or connect with it as much, and that's how I felt about when we watched uh, My Neighbor, My Neighbor Totoro, Totoro. Is that I thought it was adorable and really well made and well drawn but i like it just didn't draw me in the same way all right so let's <laughs> let's just do it now let's tell the when we watch my yeah it's Tudor. a good story it is so uh, let's shout out another friend which is our yeah. friend rachel yeah. uh who is a member of this story um and i'll let you tell the rest but i do want to preface it that uh one of my favorite parts of the story is uh so I was living in Chicago. Um, I was in a dorm at this point. It was my freshman year of college at DePaul University. I have I, I'm not gonna shout out DePaul <laughs> University. That's fair. 
Blue Demons. Um, Proud alumni. alumni. God, the, the worst <laughs> mascot. Uh, and the reason they're called the Blue Demons as a Catholic university is so ridiculous. But anyway, mm. um, so uh, Rachel and Stefan, who are two of my best friends from high school, uh, came to visit me, which was very lovely because, you know, this was like the first year of like all of us being away. Mm. Rachel had gone to school in Wisconsin, but Stefan and I were in the same class for a year more in high school. And so we we're all kind of away from each other. Stefan was in Iowa. Yeah. Everyone came to visit me and stayed at my dorm. And that was also the night that we went to downtown Chicago, another AMC. Uh, <gasps> And we was saw that the, the same night? It was the same night. We saw the movie oh, wow. Her, which is my favorite Incredible. movie. Um, all three of us were just sobbing at the end of that movie yeah. in the back row of that movie theater. Fuck. And then uh, y'all came back to my dorm for a little mm. sleepover. And then we decided to watch My Neighbor Totoro in my dorm. Yeah. <laughs> so you take it away yeah we just we watched it and i think we just riffed on it like the whole time you, you riffed on i riffed it. on it that sounds like me there was something about like the mom having to go to the bitch er um <laughs> like shut up may or you're gonna have to go to the bitch er like mom yeah you kept calling the may character who's like a four-year-old a little yeah. bitch because <laughs> she was crying so much <laughs> i feel like i was almost like i was like bordering on being genuinely upset with you at a certain oh point because you were like you would not you were talking through the whole movie I with know. bits i don't think i've ever heard you do that many bits before <laughs> it, it was just really good material i think rachel was uh they were just out of it <laughs> they were I think it was just like you and me <laughs> dark in my dorm and you're just calling me a little bitch and I'm just like <laughs> don't know what to do. I, I remember making a good joke that I still kind of remember. What was it? This movie is like if the Wizard of Oz was on a boat. <laughs> what? This movie is like if the Wizard of Oz was on a boat. Because, like, Toto Row. That's the kind of quality humor comedy that I had going freshman year of college. Uh, <laughs> As you were like, I need to leave this fucking school immediately. As I'm like, I'm really depressed. <laughs> Get me out of here. Um, oh, my God. So, yeah. So, well... That's the thing about Miyazaki is uh, there are a lot of different styles in, you know, his whole movie collection. And, you know, so let's start to break down Spirited Away. Um, so normally if you're if you're an OMF, if you're an oomph, um, you would know that we would do the cold hard facts right here. But uh, the facts are not just fun facts. They're so inextricably entwined with kind of the story around the success of Spirited Away. So we're going to sprinkle these throughout and we're just going to do a longer conversation discussing the movie and uh, all of the things around it as part two of our conversation on 
the Best Animated Picture Oscar, uh, which started in 2002, which was awarded to Shrek, and in 2003 was awarded to Spirited Away. So, um, Spirited Away, and this is kind of a follow-up to what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. you know, what what Miyazaki movies do and don't gel with us, but why do you think this Miyazaki movie, this Studio Ghibli Ghibli movie, um, was the one that, you know, became critically successful, commercially successful, um... This was the beginning of a partnership with Disney that we're going to talk about very Mm -hmm. shortly. Um, But first, I just want to know, why do you think that, like, this has kind of become, like, the apex of Miyazaki's career? Yeah. Uh, And uh, what is it about this movie that, like, just resonated with so many people, especially people in the U.S.? Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is really Miyazaki's master work, or it's considered like mm-hmm. his masterwork and the pinnacle of his work. And I think it's a combination of everything. It's the visual style, the all, all of the backgrounds in this movie are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It, it looks totally unique and unlike, like I think you said that earlier, unlike anything you've kind mm-hmm. of ever seen before. And there is a sense of whimsy to it, um, but it does touch on some darker themes um i think it it kind of explores mortality in a really cool way um but it's still really universal it has um a coming of age story a story of uh, reconnecting family a uh, love story just things that are really big and universal that people can really grab onto in a way that maybe again i haven't seen the earlier ones but maybe it wasn't as universal or more for mm. kids or I don't, I'm just grasping at straws here. Cause I haven't seen it. <laughs> but like when looking at like something like Ponyo, um, I didn't like Ponyo as much because it one, because of, I, I have a problem with the dub of Ponyo and Noah Cyrus. And I kind of looking back on the dub, I watched the sub um, I watched the sub for the episode. Danielle watched the dub, but I did go back and watch a little bit of the dub just to remember what it sounded like. And Devay Chase. Can you say sub and dub again? Sub and dub? <laughs> sub and dub. dub. God. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Keep going. So, Devay Chase, um, though we love her, We're I think we've fans, agreed that yeah. we love her. Yeah. Um, she was in, she had a banging year this year. Uh, 2002 2003 she was in the ring she was lilo and lilo and stitch um and she was chihiro in spirited away which is like I, w- was she like 10 at the time or something <laughs> it's really impressive um but her i i think it was more of the directing than the vocal acting for me because she has some really nice kind of more subtle and understated moments but for a lot of the dub she's just like screaming to emote which and when when i watched the original vocal recording the actress for chihiro whose name i don't have but i can get the voice actor is rumi hiraji gotcha so she she, i think she i read that she was 14 at the time uh the voice actor for haku i think was 14 at the Mm -hmm. time too and they just do like kind of a more understated 
it feels more real to me than and um like you still get the emotions out without having to scream like all the lines <laughs> it is um and after our our little ad break we're going to talk about um the other best uh animated picture nominees of which lilo and stitch is one mm-hmm. it is so bizarre after like because I love Lilo and Stitch, hearing David Chase and Spirited Away just be like, no, I don't <laughs> want that. It's no. so weird. Um, Haku. Haku. Like, she seems like she's like eight in the dub. And she seems like she's like, I don't know, 12 in, in the sub. <laughs> yeah. It, and I had the same problem talking about Ponyo with Noah Cyrus's performance, too. And maybe that had like the same uh, vocal director. Who just like kind of because Panya's like Panya one ham <laughs> and I was like oh god this is too much and I'm sure it wasn't Nora Cyrus's fault she was like eight or something when they recorded that but still I don't know why <laughs> I mean I knew that was gonna come up because I too that's what I associate with the voice acting in the movie but there's there's something about you doing that that, that really got me. Oh man. Oh, I um well so I just I just double checked that this is true and uh indeed the link between those two dubs and I will fact check in a second uh whether this is true of all of the dubs following Spirited Away. But it was directed by John Lasseter. Uh, I feel like I've heard that name before. Yeah, because he got fired from Pixar for sexually harassing a bunch of people. Oh, God. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So this is what I'm going to tease before the break, because we do mm. have to take a break. Um, Is that. A big part of Spirited Away, and I still have questions about how it translated to an audience, but kind of a big part of the story is this is the first major move in uh, the collaboration between Hayao Miyazaki, Studio Ghibli Ghibli, and uh, Disney, which is that uh, Disney purchased the right of refusal uh, was Spirited Away to help produce it. And this was the first Miyazaki movie that they had done this with. Um, so once they felt like it might be successful, they pretty much took over the overseas release of the movie, which included the dub, the marketing, and this was all under Disney. Mm. This originally started because, uh, the aforementioned John Lasseter was, uh, a big fan of Hayao Miyazaki, um... And they were actually friends with each other. And uh, in Pixar, they would use Miyazaki's work to kind of guide them uh, if they were having problems with story. Yeah. And so this was kind of John Lasseter's big outside of Pixar project uh, with Disney, which was to introduce this to an American audience. So he was the executive producer and uh, he directed the dub of Spirited Away. Disney had kind of had a hand in some Miyazaki home video releases before this, as I had mentioned, um, Mm. through Buena Vista. So they had had the 
straight to video releases of Kiki's Delivery Service and uh, one other movie I'm blanking on. Um, but they worked on a couple of those. Those projects, though, started in 1998 and didn't ultimately get the releases until, I think, closer to 2003. Um, Kiki's Delivery Service might be the only one that actually got released. Um, I have to double check on that. But So basically, Disney had really only done a little bit with the previous movies, and it was all focused on home video just to kind of get those extra VHS sales. Um the uh, Harvey Weinstein's company did work on, I believe, the um, Princess Mononoke uh, video release, but that was pretty much it. And so, following the success of Spirited Away, uh, Disney uh, really gets into bed with Studio Ghibli uh, for all of their U.S. releases moving forward, uh, which, you know, will... We'll talk about uh, yeah. the implications of that. Mm-hmm. But before we get too spirited away, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, let's take a break and uh, let's say a little bit of a word about the Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights. Yeah. Just kidding, that's not No Face, it's me, Stefan, and I'm here to tell you about a very important cause. One of the reasons Spirited Away is such a resonant movie is how it taps into the isolation of being a young child separated from their parents and the sadness and alienation of vying for yourself when you are still so young. But not all children can find their way back home through magic and kindness, and for that reason we want to talk to you about the Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights. The Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights protects and advances the rights and best interests of immigrant children according to the Convention on the Rights of the Child and State and Federal Law. They serve unaccompanied children who are fleeing violence, trafficking, abuse, and extreme poverty. They advocate for the safety and well-being of each child while they're detained and throughout deportation proceedings every step of the way. And they stand for the creation of an immigration system that serves children. You can donate to support the work of the Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights by visiting www.theyoungcenter.org. Again, that is www.theyoungcenter.org. Additionally, we'll donate $2 per listen, up to a total of $50 to the Young Center and their efforts to champion the rights and best interests of unaccompanied immigrant children, making sure that wherever they land, whether here in the U.S. or in their home country, they are safe. And now, before No Face gets back and starts turning into an evil monster with really long hair, let's get back to the episode. Dab. back to our discussion of Hayao Miyazaki's um, Spirited Away. Um, I kind of wanted to bring the discussion back around to something we were talking about earlier, and that is why this movie, why does Spirited Away hit so much harder than uh, maybe the rest of the Ghibli films, and maybe even some of the more mainstream animated films that were coming out around the time, um, Disney possibly Pixar, but everyone loves Pixar, though. 
Um, I I have a tenuous relationship with Disney movies where I don't really love them and don't super remember them fondly, but love like Disney World. So I was gonna say, well, I think it's also interesting because Pixar's last movie was in 1999, I believe. Like I, mm. I think that's when A Bug's Life is, and I don't think Toy Story Two is until 2004. So, so it's been a while since it had like a since what, it had a banger. Which this is a whole other conversation that doesn't really go in this early part of the animation conversation. But if you think about it, starting with or I'm sorry, Monsters Inc. was before Toy Story. Um, Toy Story. Never mind. Ignore me. I might. <laughs> Monsters Inc. got nominated the year before, in two thousand one, or two. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm t- just fucking <laughs> ignore me. <laughs> but I feel like Monsters Inc. hit pretty hard too. Yeah. Popular. <laughs> Validate me, please. Okay, so we have this movie that kind of comes out and is really different from everything else, but kind of touches on these universal themes. But one thing that I think really makes this movie stand out, besides from the obvious, it's art style and music and more um, Eastern, uh, well, it's Eastern style, is um, the way it um, it touches on some really big and kind of important issues in a really kind of, I think, subtle and nuanced way. We have a lot, we have like kind of an anti-capitalism thread going on throughout the movie. We have an environmentalist thread going throughout the movie. Yeah. We have cool things going on with memory and mortality. So do you think like, having something more than just a basic coming of age story and like a love story in a more Disney classic Disney-esque kind of way is what helps makes this movie stand out so much. So this is like, this is kind of the interesting thing to me because I guess that's, this is why this one really racks my brain as far as like what happened in the year, you know, 2002 when it was released is that I don't understand how, I don't, I don't know what about this spoke to a mainstream, I'm talking mainstream yeah. American audience. Um, and this is really when Ghibli jumps from more of a niche thing yeah well and the thing is this did super well at the box office and the big thing is disney did not put a lot into its marketing it did actually very little to market this movie Mm. so it also just you know it was associated with disney but it kind of just did well on its own yeah and i i just as i was rewatching, or i guess kind of watching it for the first time but as I was watching it, I was like, I I know why I think this is good, but and I know why like people I I respect and like film critics think it's good. I do not understand how this was so popular, because for all intents and purposes, it's a weird movie. Yeah, like it's my a mom, we- <laughs> it's a weird movie. <laughs> that was my mom's uh, main criticism of it. That it was really weird. It's a weird movie. Um. The sense of humor is like adult, but like in an absurdist way, not in mm. like a not in like a Shrek way, in like a 
very dark and and yeah very kind of absurd way uh there are parts of it that are like relatively scary and like Mm -hmm. i feel like if they made that now people would be like why are you marketing this for kids this this isn't a kids movie movie. you're putting horror you might as well put double feature this with saw (laughs) (laughs) so i this one is really racking my brain yeah. I don't know. I don't know what made this movie Does... so magical. Because even as I'm watching it, and part of it is, you know, I'm not connecting with it as much. I was. I'm just trying to imagine being in an audience in 2002 mm. and watching this, and like, just being like, "Yeah, that was a great movie." Just from what I know about, like, the same people who really like mm-hmm. the Joker, you know? <laughs> well, do you think it's kind of titillating in the way that Blue Velvet was? <laughs> No! no <laughs> well, it's like, not. it has darker tones to it that no, maybe... Blue maybe... Velvet, I mean, we talked about it, Blue Velvet wasn't a, a commercial success though. well it's that it's that um idea that um that that darkness is inherently interesting i think i can see i think i can see that this did <sighs> and i think even as a kid i was in like i like more morbid stuff no well and that uh, what what i was gonna say is i can see after you've seen it as a child why a child would be attracted to this because um yeah kids kids don't just like troll you know they 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 have the they have the capacity to like things that are darker and more deep and certainly like as a child this would like be really mystifying and you you want to consume original stories you want to see something you've never seen before because you're a child and you're you're curious and you want to like know all that is unknown to you so i get coming out of it but i still i don't i i i'm trying to understand what got people to the movie theater and i'm trying to understand why it lasted through like the cultural zeitgeist so long outside of i yeah maybe (laughs) even even, like i i this feels like mainstream introduction of anime as an art form to the west i absolutely think it is and uh, and especially you couldn't pick a better example of anime to introduce people because it's gorgeous yes just that on its own i think it makes this movie really attractive and i think people would want to see it just because of it looks so different and so good so let's talk about the north american distribution of studio we did look this up over the break. Stefan, how do you say it? It's uh, Jiburi. So we looked up, uh, we've got the distribution history of Studio Jiburi. I know I'm saying it wrong. Fuck. I think it might even be Jiburi. 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 Okay. Jiburi, yeah. Jiburi. There you go. You got it's it. Easy, it's easier to say with the, the app. Okay. Yeah. So the first Studio Jiburi movie is Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, which is a heavy environmental movie um this has a a pretty standard uh it it is released theatrically one of the problems is though uh at the time it was released by new world pictures uh 
So New World wanted to make it family friendly, and so it was heavily edited, yeah. uh, which just really fucked up the movie. And so mm-hmm. this was already a bad start to like producing Miyazaki movies uh, in the U.S. So eventually, it was redone. Uh, it was like they admitted all of the environmentalism. They portrayed yeah. a group of characters as um, who are what you would associate with like an indigenous population mm. pretty negatively. Uh, the the VHS cover was all the male characters who are not in the film. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, and twenty two minutes were cut, and so uh. They were not happy with that. So uh, in the late 80s, they did a new dub of it specifically for Japan Airlines uh, to have on their flights. Mm. It was briefly screened in the United States by this uh, production company, Streamline Pictures or Distribution Company. Streamline Pictures was one of the first uh, distribution companies that got in on distributing Japanese animation. Um, so they did this re-release of Nausicaa, but they also did, uh, one of the initial, uh, releases of My Neighbor Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service, and they also did Akira, which, again, that's kind of a whole other conversation, but Akira on the adult end is Mm. a pretty critical movie in looking at how anime started to become popularized in America. Yeah, for sure. So this is the same this is the same uh distribution company. So which by the way uh you know no longer works. <laughs> they don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But they uh redid Nausicaa because they were very disappointed in the dub. And so that's why uh uh Miyazaki was like, "Okay, you can do My Neighbor Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service." Um so in 1993, Troma Films uh kind of in collaboration with Streamline, uh, distributed the Totoro dub. <laughs> and that's which, wild. Yeah, because to- if you know Trauma, it's like all of these, is it like D or F movie? I don't even think it's B movie. It's is like, not B movie. It's definitely D or F. Yeah. Some might say double D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like boobs and gore and obscenity and weird And like shit intentionally, so James Gunn, got his start with trauma films uh and and kind of it was this notion of like of intentionally being uh like offensive for the sake of it like yeah. not being uh i don't know proper i guess <laughs> but they had they had a, a subdivision called 50th street films which was for their more mainstream releases they they distributed totoro as a theatrical release and then it was uh, released on VHS. And then eventually, 20th, 20th Century Fox does the DVD. Uh, Porco Rosso was uh, produced in English dub for Japanese airline flights again. If, for some reason, this is an unknown company. Uh, but you can find these really early dubs uh, in kind of... Uh, if you really if you really search. Because mm-hmm. they redubbed all of these yes, after, right? which is... Starting in 1996, uh, Ghibli uh, joins up with Buena Vista International, which is a distribution subdivision of Walt Disney Corporation. So this is about 10 years after Nausicaa. Uh, a few failed attempts, some very brief uh, overseas theatrical releases with some home video. But uh, Ghibli makes the um, partnership with Buena Vista, 
Hmm. And because this is Disney, they have a much wider uh, access to uh, the United States market. So they pretty much redub everything. Uh, Disney chooses the English dub actors, so Mm -hmm. they'll pick, like, their child stars, or will sometimes pick, like, you know, in the case of Spirited Away, like, uh, Jason Marsden, who, uh, is, you know, like, a popular voice actor, but not necessarily, like, a name. Yeah. Uh, and then the, you know, other big names and stars. So, a combination of having, like, international fans who were aware of like you know studio ghibli and then having the name recognition of disney and these actors really started to open up the market so walt disney in 1996 gets worldwide distribution rights so they redub everything and uh they agree to contribute 10 percent of their funding for all future releases some of these are not miyazaki movies these are some other movies under the name Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to do a line of videos uh, called uh, Animation Celebration. It never ended up happening, but through this, you can see uh, you can see that logo on Disney's original VHS release of Kiki's Delivery Service. So they start to produce the releases of all of these previous films, uh, including Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, uh, and pretty much this whole. Disney distribution plan begins in 1996. Cool. Do you do you want? I can keep going, but we can also get back to Spirited Away. There's a little bit more that leads directly into uh, Spirited Away, but I can say yeah. that as we keep going. Um, what's your favorite part about this movie? <laughs> um, or what's your least favorite part? Sorry, I also, it just occurred to me of like, oh, right, I did that whole history because we were talking about why this movie resonated with people. Yeah. And I still don't know, um, because with all of that, uh, they still didn't really have international name recognition until Buena Vista gets involved. And even then, I guess it's really like the home of it. So I'm sorry, I, I am going to answer your question. I'm just trying to wonder if, like, do you think that because Buena Vista started doing these VHS releases, if that mm. also maybe gave some credibility, even if folks didn't know Spirited Away was under the same banner? Uh, they what year like, was that in that those started coming the, the, out? The, it started in 1996. Um, okay. I think some of these releases, um, let me check this here, but I think it's more or less like, 1998 to 2003 is kind of like okay the major uh yeah the major period so yes the like kiki's delivery service that one's released in 1998 okay um and then do you know in 2003 were those popular before spirited away so i have to think they were because i think i mean i think i i had them right away yeah um or, or I was aware of them, like, and mm. and the Kiki's Delivery Service one, it had commercials on the VHS for like some of the other Jubilee movies. So, I I don't know if they were popular, but I have to imagine. I mean, somehow they ended up in my home. Yeah, you know, if, if <laughs> someone kind of, did something that says right. It, yeah, I was three. <laughs> like someone <laughs> did it right. Yeah, I think that could 
definitely help if you knew the the name or the logo or even just the style. I was going to say, I think part of it has to be the style. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to your, like, this is kind of the start of anime becoming popular. It's just like, I mean, there was no popularized anime. So if it was pretty much just Miyazaki movies and Ghibli movies, then yeah, you're probably going to be like, oh yeah, that looks like kiki's delivery service because <laughs> i yeah. have i'm i'm an american in the early 2000s who has no frame of reference for what other animation styles might look like so that's kind of what you start to associate with the entire genre probably um, and that would explain why some people think like some of the movies are miyazaki that are under when like, they're not yeah and they're not like i think yeah. some folks think like uh the cat returns is miyazaki and that's mm. not or um uh i think oh, what was it I don't know. There's a couple of others that, like, I know commonly get, yeah, like... Secret of Kellis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, even now we still make that mistake because people are racist, but... <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah. I know I had seen anime before, like, on Toonami. <laughs> oh, oh, you were in on... Yeah. <laughs> I, I was really... I, I, I was into anime as a kid for sure like we watched sailor moon all the time like the really bad like cheesy 90s dub <laughs> of everything <laughs> and it was awful but great at the same time so yeah i think if you hadn't seen anime before it's so markedly different from like what you expect a cartoon to be and yeah. i think just like i don't want to say it's it's better but these Miyazaki films, they're so layered and complex and just visually incredible and have like hours of hand-drawn animation going into them. And Yeah, so... It, it's hard not for it to stand out against like, if you think of a 90s kids cartoon. Yeah. It's just, it's so different from what you expect. So let me, let me answer your question then, which, you know was what's my favorite part yeah and i just think it's i can't speak about it without speaking about like miyazaki as a whole because and i think this whole conversation this is one of the cases where the the movie we're talking about isn't really about the movie right Mm -hmm. it's about this whole movement of like suddenly studio ghibli is a thing suddenly Hayao Miyazaki has name recognition. You know, hmm. suddenly and it starts. It becomes part of our generation. Yeah, you Disney go to ho- Pixar. You go to Hot Topic and you see the My Neighbor Totoro and the spirited, you know, no face and and yeah, the, the immediately from recognizable yeah, yeah. iconography, the language. Yeah, if you're if you're like an alternative child <laughs> of this generation, <laughs> no, but you know, I yeah. mean, anime both is the most popular it's been and still considered like geek culture right Mm -hmm. and so i can talk about just what's magical about miyazaki as a whole so kiki's delivery service is probably my favorite i mean obviously from what i've described for nostalgic reasons but i rewatched that movie last summer and the way that that movie talks about a young girl and very often the main characters in Miyazaki movies uh, are, are young women or mm-hmm. young, young girls. I'm not yeah. going to be the person who's like a six year old is a young woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, are, are girls. And, mm. um, you know, if you told me now 
if I had no frame of reference and you're like, there's this guy and every single movie he does is about a, a, a little girl, I would be like, red flag, red flag, red flag. But there is a sensitivity to the way in all of these movies uh, Miyazaki writes young girls mm-hmm. that uh, I had never seen before. Yeah. You know, with, with Spirited Away or kiki's or my neighbor totoro or Mm. even you you know you have younger or you have older but still like teenage girls in uh princess mononoke and and castle yeah yeah Yeah. and um with kiki's especially you know there's the trope in anime of like the magical girl right Mm. which is like anime's manic Uh, card captor sakura (laughs) yeah um but his magical girls aren't like magical girls it he writes about the inherent magic of being a little girl of being a girl Mm. in the world um and manages to write about the challenges of that without making it like oh Oh, it's about women. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she got her period. No. You know, but it's about, so often it's about caretaking. That is the case of Spirited Away Tenfold. And um, I think it's taken for granted so much. One, just women and care is taken for granted, right? And then how often young girls are put in the position of being caretakers, mm-hmm. of watching their little siblings, or taking care of their dad, or taking care of the house, or having to get a job, or, you know, having to do these things, or being the responsible one, and how... They're not superheroes about it, and that's how often it gets portrayed. It's like, look at this strong woman. But you get to see how hard it is, and how heartbreaking it can be sometimes, and how really lonely little girls can feel. And, you know, as someone who was a young little girl myself, and when I first saw these, it was the idea of having the fantasy of actual magic of you know being a witch and talking cats and and uh and the warmth of like communities which is always also a part of like Miyazaki movies um you know what a community means whether it's like a community at odds with each other in a lot of like the more environmentalist movies or like a community that like comes together and supports you like in a Kiki's delivery service and a mix of both in spirited way but also being a young girl at the center of the world and seeing what that is. I don't know how how he gets it. Mm. He has a son. <laughs> I know he has mentioned that like he has friends or, you know, other family who have who had, you know, young girls and one of them was the inspiration for Spirited Away, but it the animation's beautiful and you know, you can talk about the fantasy elements and how really original they are, which Spirited Away is just a whole original fairy tale. But after Disney Renaissance, which sold a girl, a type of girl power that was about impossibly beautiful teenagers who looked like they were in their 20s, (laughs) 
having grown-up relationships and being validated by men and their caretaking, because they're still often caretaking, seen as what makes them powerful and magic. Uh, and then seeing Kiki's delivery service and spirited away and seeing a young girl who is scared and who gets sad sometimes and who wants her parents or who is put in an impossible situation and does triumph at the end, but often through kindness and empathy and through being true to herself rather than like, I'm going to save my father, <laughs> you know? It's like, it's the challenges of like, uh, Chihiro is afraid she's going to lose her whole identity, that she's going to forget where she came from, which reflects her anxieties about moving. And of losing a place that she grew up, where mm -hmm. she formed an identity in the life for the very first time in her life. And what that means to uproot that, and how that is reflected in identity, and how she feels that her parents don't aren't reinforcing it for her. Um, that was a bit of a monologue, but... <laughs> it's fine. I was going to say, that might be why I attached so much to it too because i've always identified more with um girls and female characters mm. generally yeah i and i honestly, just find them i find them easier to attach to and relate to it's also funny because all of the miyazaki movies also portray young boys as just like complete like goofballs like just like <laughs> Like, goofballs, nonsensical, like, uh, irrational, but, like, silly, but, like, <laughs> he's really like, yeah, little boys are just dumb. <laughs> I, so, yes, what, what is your favorite part? It doesn't have to be uh, a monologue. <laughs> mm. Or what, what is your least favorite part, too, you know? Um, I love the animation. I'm I'm down for the hand drawn. It just every frame of this movie is you could pause it anywhere and mm. it would be just like you could look at it for hours. It's like every every frame is a piece of art in itself. I've I talked about the backgrounds before, but the background art is so intricate and beautiful and the composition is insane. Like on every there's no throwaway here. And that had to take a fucking long ass time <laughs> and a lot of work. Um, another thing, I think my least favorite thing about the movie is the plot, just in a general sense, just because it can kind of meander from place to place a little bit and feel a little like, oh, like, oh we need to do this now because somebody, I mean, it, it's a fantasy world with its own mm -hmm. rules. So you need someone to tell you like, possibly where to go or what's next or what you need to get from like we need to go get the seal from the witch on the island it feels so secondary in this movie that it's just like an excuse to go somewhere new yeah well and like and it makes sense because i read um that miyazaki when he makes his films he has like an idea like a frame yeah and then writes them just as he's making them and as he's storyboarding, which is insane. His whole process. So, I mean, like, and I don't, I've never heard about him being like an asshole, but it does seem like it is very hard 
to work for him just in it the sounds sense like a of fucking nightmare the work <laughs> ethic the work ethic involved yeah. in doing his movies and it does it has to be his way <laughs> it's just uh god bless so he'll just like change the story if he feels like it while he's storyboarding in the middle like there's no set out it's just like what yes and <laughs> um it's a movie of vignettes which like i do really like because it almost makes it feel like it's a fairy tale it's a fairy tale like collection mm. less so than like a book you know that's true or a single yeah. story where it's like you have your character pulling it through but the the more i'm familiar with the movie the more i realize this is like it's more of like five short stories that all take place consecutively in the same universe but they're separate journeys they kind of have their, like you said their separate mission or like goal and you um, can really clearly kind of tell where those break out yeah and you, and you can probably like plot map each individual mm -hmm. one my problem with it though is i do think i think this movie has such a beautiful like thematic like the the core of the themes are really strong but I think they are ultimately lost within the plot. Um, because, yeah, you get, like, environmentalism, but it's, like, it's kind of just, like, very aggressive, but also very short. And then you're like, yeah. all right, we're done. Or, like, capitalism. Like, it's subtle, but at the same time, it's not consistent enough that I feel like... It's just in there and then move on to the next one. Yeah, or I... I, I, I I can't tell if the movie wants to lean more into allegory or more into just like, hey, here are some cool fantasy ideas. Yeah, it's a little bit of a blend for yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and 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 depending on one vignette, what vignette you're in, I feel like it changes. Like I, you have the the river spirit who's polluted, and I know. that kind of that comes back a little bit with um Haku's yeah his river was, which I didn't get as a kid, so that was kind of. He was turned into apartments, and that's yeah. why he couldn't... Also, they really yada yada that, like, really quickly once she's like, I remember you, and he's like, oh, that's why I couldn't find my way back. Thank you. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very quick Yeah, resolution. it's like A to B. Well, and I think, I think part of it, and maybe this is why I, check, I used to check out when I was younger after, like, the 30-minute mark, but it was like, at a certain point, I'm like, the the initial fear she had like being abandoned or like losing her parents and then being turned into pigs yeah and then being in this place where you're not allowed where no one wants you to be but you're like an innocent ch like she literally didn't do anything wrong <laughs> that is such like a really scary and emotionally resonant situation that like like legitimately hit me yeah that i feel I feel like we lose that a bit. I feel like we lose her connection to her parents or her mm. home. And not in a way where it's like, oh, she's losing her identity. It's just like, it's more of like, what about this witch and this baby and this bird? And I feel like, yeah, it it's a little, not meandering, but it's... It can lose itself in itself. Yeah. In the music, the moment, you know it. The music's so good, too. It is Johi Sashi. Um, oh and that's really, I think the the Ghibli music just helps give each movie an identity. Absolutely. Um, and the, they're all bangers too. <laughs> like all of them. Yeah, this, 
Movie Even the Ponyo song. Ponyo, Ponyo, Ponyo. So, the 2003 race, which is following the 2002 race that we talked mm. about in the last episode. So, the nominations alongside Spirited Away are Ice Age. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite movie starring Ray Romano and Queen Latifah or whoever. Uh, Lilo and Stitch. Spirited or spirit, spirit spirited away. No, spirit stallion of the Cimarron. It's a very spirited race. Yeah. Um, and Treasure Island. So Ice Age is Blue Sky Productions, who is known for the Ice Age. Movie. Known for shit. And then Rio and Spies in Disguise and Horton Hears a Who. Wow. What a um, track record. Ice Age is the first movie that they did. Um, and this is just like their blue sky team. Mm. Lilo and Stitch is Disney. Um, the, so the person who worked on that, Chris Sanders, he wrote on pretty much all of the Disney Renaissance movies. This is his first time directing. Um, he pretty much just sticks with Disney throughout the Lilo and Stitch franchise. So the sequels and he voices mm. Stitch as well. Oh, um, but cute. then pretty much t- 2006 after he goes to DreamWorks. Uh, and then okay. he ends up doing How to Train Your Dragon and some hmm. movies like that. I, I love Leo and Stitch. I think I we've did, talked about it yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like that has a little bit of what this movie has. Just some kind of darker, more nuanced ideas than Disney films usually do. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose you a question in just a second here. Yeah. So. Um, but Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, you might remember, it's from DreamWorks. That is notably the movie everyone left Shrek to go do. <laughs> so Kelly Asbury, who was originally going to be the co-director of Shrek, ended up leaving to do Spirit because remember, you got Shrek if you were placed on that movie. No one wanted to do it. Hmm. So, uh, but was the reason that a woman uh, replaced him and Shrek became a feminist movie. So thanks, Spirit. Not feminist enough for Shrek. No. What I could find out, I I got the impression that the writer Spirit Sign of the Cimarron, so there's a that movie uh has a lot of uh indigenous culture in it. I f- couldn't find a ton about the writer. I think he might be indigenous himself. He mm. certainly does a lot of work uh in with, with indigenous stories, so um but that is central to the plot. You have an indigenous yeah. main character and then Matt Damon voices a horse. Um, and then you have treasure island which is also disney Mm -hmm. uh the team on that did little mermaid aladdin and hercules and will go on to do princess and the frog and moana for disney as well so i think that's kind of their least remembered movie out of that slate although i I know it has a cult highly praised yeah um so my question for you is do you think out of these five that Spirited Away was the true best animated picture? It's hard with Lilo and Stitch just because that's my favorite Disney movie. So it it it's tough because I feel like Lilo and Stitch is more cohesive and maybe, but I mean, as far as awards go, you want to give it to something not just quality, but maybe groundbreaking or but well but Lilo and Stitch is a a completely original story 
Yeah. I mean, someone said, what if it takes place in Hawaii, this is not based on any existing story, and an alien comes to Earth and becomes a little Hawaiian girl's pet? <laughs> like, when I say that out loud, that's not really that, like, compared to Spirited Away, is just as original, arguably more, because Spirited Away is still steeped in a lot of Japanese lore and, like, fantasy. I mean, Miyazaki wrote original stories out of it, but it alludes to a lot of existing kind of, you know, traditions. Lilo and Stitch is 100% original. I think Spirited Away has more impact, though. And it means more for the genre. It's going to move animation towards... It's going to bring anime to the West and kind of introduce it so it, it Lilo and Stitch, I think any other year would win, hands down. But, but any like, other year, it's likely up against Pixar, too. I think Lilo and Stitch beats Pixar <laughs> any day. Oh, I, th- I wasn't sure if you were saying, like, in your heart or, like, in the culture. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I think Lilo and Stitch deserves it, but... I'm, I think Spirited Away still gets it for just the the scale, the scale of the artistry involved, even though I think Lilo and Stitch is a better and more cohesive and satisfying story, ultimately. It's like how, no, I can't say that. You're going to be mad if I say that. No, well, now you have to. <laughs> it's like how Av... Didn't Avatar win Best Picture? Or did it not? No, it the did. Hurt Locker it did. it did? Oh, wait, no. Didn't the Hurt Locker win that year? Oh, fuck. Yes? <laughs> I don't remember now. Wasn't it Avatar won Best Picture, but um, Catherine Bigelow won Bigelow Best won, That might have been it, actually. Because I remember I was like, yeah, fuck you, James Cameron. Yeah. I don't know. If we're going to have to... We will do this movie eventually. I don't want to, but also I do want to because I hate hate it (laughs) when you're look when you're looking at the genre of animation spirited away is a touchstone marker of the development of the genre in the west of pushing it more of pushing the relevance of animation of anime and lilo and stitch though a really unique and original and beautiful story that is still well animated it doesn't have that same sort of defining nature to the genre as Spirited Away. So for the purposes of Academy Awards, I guess I think Spirited Away takes it for sure. But what's a better movie? I think Lilo and Stitch is a better movie in terms of writing. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not... Maybe in terms of overall quality. <laughs> I, I just made like a pained look, but um, which is why you probably laughed at me. That was not to what you said. Um, I just want to. I just fact checked Avatar and <laughs> looking at the Wikipedia page and ah oh, God, I cannot. When we do this movie, uh, there's a whole uh, sub page under critical reception called themes in Avatar. Oh God! If you if you don't know, Daniela <laughs> hates Avatar. I think more than anything else in the world. And Roger Ebert said. <laughs> He felt the same way he did when he first saw Star Wars. Oh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyways, yeah. it did not win Best Picture, and good, 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 good. Um, 
Well, here's my question, though, to what you were saying is, do you think the success of Spirited Away, though, is tied to its Academy Award? Because I get the sense the movie had critical and commercial success on its own, and I actually don't know how many people, like... I don't know how many people actually know that it won a best animated picture. I mm. think it's almost like it because it's such a heavily Pixar and Disney dominated award, I guess, historically, and because it was only the second time. I just don't know if that's actually like two people's knowledge. I don't know how much that was in the culture's minds that they were like, oh, that was the best animated picture mm -hmm. that's only been awarded one other time to the movie yeah, Shrek. <laughs> I mean, in general, kind of trying to mark out the influence of the Oscars is hard because it's like, All right. do, do people really care about it? I mean, they put it on the box. But the well, I, think, I think they do care about the Oscars, but in, in this point, when it's only been done twice, and again, the first winner of the Best Animated Picture was Shrek, I, like, now, you're like, oh, Soul's gonna get it, which it did, you know, or you're mm. like, you know, you might be like, oh, I hope Spider, like, I, I think there was stake when Spider-Verse won, I think there was stake of like, oh, into the Spider-Verse is really beautiful and really good. It should win, and it did. I I don't think there were those... I feel like at this point, Best Animated Picture might have had more of, like, Best Cinematography in its kind of relevance. But I don't know, and, and, and that's why I'm asking, like... Yeah, I feel As like... we talk about the impact that Best Animated Picture and these winners have, like, what... I just think the influence of Oscars is waning in general. Well, yeah. No. So I don't, I don't know how that tracks with the animation Oscar specifically. But I feel like if you're like, if you see this movie or you see the cover art and you're like, that looks interesting, like, but is it is it going to be too weird for me? And then you see like, oh, it won an Oscar, maybe that convinces you to to check it out. But also, like, are people? <laughs> I guess this is more a larger question of our relationship to animation, which is like, again, like Shrek is very clear. Like, you know, your audience, like mm -hmm. even if it's not a Disney movie coming off of a couple of Pixar movies, you're like, all right, this is the new summer blockbuster that I take my kids to spirited away. I'm starting as we're talking to see that, like maybe as it came out, but again, like, I don't know. This one's really racking my brain of like trying to place myself and be like, what? Even though I was alive, I saw it. But I just feel like Studio uh, Ghibli really just kind of like seeped into our imaginations. And like, I, I really don't know how it happened because for mm. all intents and purposes, it does not track with how America consumes things. No, yeah, not at all. And considering that uh, Disney did not really market it, I mean, I'm sure they did for its campaign, but even so, I, 
I don't know. Yeah, because I was going to say, you know, there's not really anything like that in anime now, even though anime is more mainstream here. You have like TV shows right. stuff that's big in fandom. But like even like the biggest anime director right now in Japan, who's uh, Makoto Shinkai, mm -hmm. who did like Your Name and Weathering mm -hmm. With You. And those do get like theatrical releases, right. but it's not like the it hasn't hit the culture and kind of redefined its place within Western culture, like Spirited Away did for for Miyazaki. So it's weird. I don't know. I don't know if we can find an answer to this. No, it is. Because mm. well, this is like, Miyazaki is like up there now with Walt Disney as like the great. Yeah, people and people follow him. Like, there's been like multiple be moments of us being like, "Oh no, he's retired," you know, of like those yeah. moments. People, he is the benchmark of Studio Ghibli. Like, people, people don't get as excited. They just assume all of the movies are by him because again, mm. people are racist. Um, and uh, but also, uh, I do not know. Um. This was the other thing I was wondering. So I just looked up what the normal, not the, well, not normal, but like what the general nominations for the Oscars were that year. And this was the year of Chicago. Okay. Um, this is a really interesting year. So you've got Chicago, The Pianist and Frida, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, uh, Eight Mile, <laughs> Adaptation, Bowling for Columbine. Like, those were wow. the movies that got nominated. It is a weird yeah. film year in general. And then you have Steve Martin hosting. <laughs> um, this is a weird year. Was that the first Oscars after 9-11? Um, or was that the Shrek year? Uh, it would be the Shrek year because... To, uh, to, 2002 so this these were okay. done in 2003 yeah um but there was um there was a short documentary uh that one called twin towers that was about uh policemen from that so got some presence there um yeah, I mean, you've got biopics. The Hours also, which is the Virginia Woolf movie, came out that year. Like, you've got a lot of your, like, major, like, Weinstein company players. I mean, I Weird. guess, like, I guess the link you could say is, like, maybe this is a very serious Oscar year. Where, like, I mean, even Chicago... Like, everything here feels like it, it does fit that really, like, um, finely tuned niche of, like, what prestige is. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that is why you get a spirited away win. When you have yeah. Roman Polanski's The Pianist, which is this, you know, this really depressing movie about the Holocaust. And you have... Nicole Kidman playing Virginia Woolf, and you have Selma Hayek playing Frida Kahlo, and uh, you have these turns from Renee Zellweger and um, uh, 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 Zeta Jones. Zeta Jones, and uh, you have uh, you know Spike Jones is kind of coming into the 
Foray. You have a, a Pedro Almodovar movie won Best Original Screenplay. Like, that's unusual, you yeah. know, that you have a Spanish filmmaker winning mm. Best Original Screenplay. So I, it just feels like maybe this was a year where, um, especially in like coming off of Pink Weinstein Company kind of Oscar campaigns, where already things were quite... Um, I don't want to say pretentious because there are a lot of good movies here, but like you have some big players. You have a Martin Scorsese movie this year, like that uh, maybe everyone is really in a mode of like, we have to give it to the art animated film mm. as opposed to the alien film or the, the, um, the horse film, the horse film or the, the ice age Ray Romano movie. Oh God. Ice age is like the boss baby of that year. <laughs> Um, this is all very weird. Yeah. Um, oh, and Jennifer Gardner, <laughs> Jennifer Gardner and Mickey Mouse presented the Best Animated Short Film oh. Award. <laughs> Shanna, can we get a little clip of that here? Hi, I'm Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I just want Jennifer Gardner talking to Mickey Mouse for oh, just I'm, a second. I'm sure. I'm sure it's it's goes really well. Um because that fits into me with like Jennifer Gardner's brand, I guess. But yeah. Um. Hey y'all, it's Shanna the editor here. Um it's not endearing. It's awkward for everyone and it doesn't help that uh Steve Martin makes a pretty racist joke going into it. So I'm not gonna include that part, but y'all should look it up for your own sakes if you want to. But uh here's a little taste of what Jen and Mickey sounded like together. It's awkward. Hello, Mickey. Hello. Nice tux. Ha, nice shoes. One, two, five toes. Will you do the honors? Ooh, this is exciting. The nominees for Best Animated Short Film are... Uh, Cameron Diaz presented for Best Animated Feature Film coming off of uh, Shrek, so... Oh, it was animated... Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, Jennifer Garner and Mickey Mouse were short. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um. Uh, all right. Um. The last thing I just want to talk about is what happens to Studio uh, Ghibli following this. Hmm. And you know, we've talked a lot about the trajectory of anime. I'd love to hear you elaborate on that more, and also what this year. So, um. The, the final kind of cold hard facts on Studio Ghibli's um, North American acquisition, basically, is uh, in 2011, thereabouts, uh, they get distributed by uh, G-Kids, which kind of becomes like now uh, a distributor specifically of Japanese animation. So they get all of the... Uh, Ghibli movies and uh, these are all aimed towards kids and they really monetize uh, the Ghibli collection. They do Studio Ghibli Fest which is where you can go to your local Cineplex through Fathom Events and see uh, The Secret World of Arietti in <laughs> September or something like that. And so where do you think like the trajectory of animation in general and anime, and to get really specific, Ghibli, go. And how is yeah. this? Like, how does this look in contrast with 
all of the things we talked about with how Shrek changed animation. Because Shrek, we talked about, uh, made animation really lazy. And yeah. it became uh, all about what names you could attach to it mm -hmm. and how many fart jokes and how many popular music <laughs> you can put into it. But Disney definitely has an impact here on the Jubilee movies that follow Spirited Away. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, they become more of like a big deal in the years coming. Howl's Moving Castle got a big theatrical release and had big names attached to it. Um, the one I remember most is Ponyo. <laughs> the campaign around Ponyo was very Shrek-esque. Um, Tina Fey, uh, Betty White had a bit part. Um, Miley Cyrus's younger sister was the star. The Jonas Brothers' younger brother was the boy star. So it you kind of get like the Shrek model kind of seeping in mm -hmm. to Ghibli a little. And I, I guess Ponyo's like my least favorite one, honestly. But um, but yeah, Ghibli, um, I feel like its um, influence has kind of been fading after Miyazaki stopped working on it. At least here, you don't hear that much about you didn't hear that much about new releases. Like I think it was the wind rises mm. or it just wasn't like, I haven't seen it. I don't super know people that have seen the uh, newer ones either or mm -hmm. really thought they were amazing or anything. So I remember, um, so yeah, Hell's, Hell's moving castle did pretty good. Um, so Ponyo was the widest release. Uh, it was also, it was Walt Disney Pictures released it and uh, in combination with the Kennedy Marshall Company, which I believe is Kathleen Kennedy. Um, and uh, this was the widest release they had ever had. Uh, Spirited Away had only opened in 26 theaters. Howl's Moving Castle opened in 36 theaters. Uh, Ponyo opened up in 927 this was a wide release. They put all of their chips on it. John Lasseter did the dub again. And yeah, you get like these young Disney stars. And what I remember from this, the only comparison I can think of is this was uh, Jubilee's Cars. Okay. Is, yeah, Ponyo. Yeah, was that yeah. they had started to have this reputation that you hear kind of retroactively as people discovered the older ones or had already known about them because maybe they were more film buffs, that it started to have this reputation that every single movie was going to be, like, really fucking good. That yeah. you hear there's a new Ghibli movie and you're like, it's going to crush me. It really was, they started to have a Pixar reputation where you're like, this is going to be amazing every time. And I remember Ponyo happened and it was a major disappointment. I remember, mm. like, critics, yeah. you know, no, people didn't hate it. But I remember no. people were like, this is not what they're known for. It's not, yeah. Up to this is really way. childish. Um, it's clearly, like, I believe Frankie Jonas and Noah Cyrus recorded an original song for it mm. that was different from the one with the Japanese release. Yeah. Um, they do this huge release of it in theaters. And... Uh, it just seemed like it went really commercial without any depth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I then, think, yeah. I think after that, just nothing 
ever. I'm looking at the list right now, and it's like Arietti from up on Poppy Hill, The Wind Rises, Princess Kaguya, when Marnie was there, Earwig and the Witch, which, oh my god, I'm looking at the poster, it looks disgusting. That's the one his son did. <laughs> That's the 3D <laughs> animation one, yeah. It looks, uh, um, but, oh, I mean, like, a lot of these were directed or screenwritten, at least by Miyazaki. The Ponyo, oh, I guess Ponyo, the, the Wind Rises was released in 2013. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think the Wind Rises got um, another Oscar nom, if I remember correctly. Mm, but um, didn't win. No, and I think uh, yeah, I think if I remember correctly, those later movies are like really are considered to be very good. I mm. think Arietti might have been the last that was through um, Disney, and then the rest were. Or maybe maybe Disney continued to do um, the theatrical release, and G Kids took over um, distribution. Yeah, That's G Kids little... took over yeah. in twenty eleven, so yeah. Arietti would be the last one. Yeah, um, it seems like it uh, was not good for them. Ponyo, no, it yeah, really, it really crushed. Ponyo kind of killed it. And now I only hear like super like nerds who are mm. like our age. Say like I can't wait, you know, to see the wind rises or whatever. But I- I've never seen it hit that uh, children's yeah. market anymore. Now we kind of look back on it as something like a completed set of works that we yeah. look back on fondly, and we think I don't are think, really good. I don't think I think I know many people who, if you were to be like name the Miyazaki movies, they would name everything up to maybe Ponyo, and yeah. they would not even name. The rest of them. Oh, he's no. got a 2023 movie. Oh, awesome. <laughs> How do you live? How do you even live? Um, so, yeah. I Disney really fucked it up. Yeah, here. I guess if you hype it up so much after Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle, which is also a very deep and nuanced film, and you get Ponyo. Yeah. It just... Well, and now they're they've kind of been associated with, like, nostalgia yeah once they made this hbo max deal and then they have internationally they have the netflix deal um Mm. but in north america it's through hbo max so um maybe if like pixar hadn't released up after cars or whatever (laughs) oh no that's absolutely it and and the thing with like with that is like up up is was still so childlike you know mm. even cars the thing is like ponyo didn't have like merchandise you know like it didn't have True. like didn't cars, have Lightning mcqueen cars was still like really popular just like for, as a kid's movie yeah for like as a kid's market where ponyo is just a movie you know and so and then when your next movie is arietti which just uh even the poster like is not as like colorful um I think, like, the names aren't as, like, notable in that one. Like, those are more, like, adult market names. Hmm. So, um, I just think, like, yeah, Pixar at least had a very childlike-looking movie with bright colors in it. And then we we all sobbed in the first 20 minutes and we're like, they fucking did it, man! <laughs> that, um, yeah, it was something that... But maybe it's for the best. Maybe... We don't need the same attention that Ponyo, you know, got. Yeah. You, you kind of feel like, like at first, 
I feel like if you watched Spirited Away, you felt like you were discovering something unique yeah. and off the beaten path. And yeah. Felt like you were finding something special. And Ponyo's like, Ponyo, Ponyo, with Noah Cyrus. And- I will say, when you rewatch Ponyo a couple times, and it, it does take a couple times, it once you get past its exterior, it still uh-huh. is a really lovely movie. I'm sure. It's Aaron's favorite. Uh, and and there's a really nice it's the first one where you really get a focus on a young boy and i think because noah cyrus is so bombastic you forget about it um it's a really nice adaptation of the little mermaid that is Mm. like tailored for children but has like still the miyazaki like lore and uh it's about like a little boy and like the absence of his father and like the anxiety Mm. that like you still have those elements um but you also have ponyo want ham (laughs) Which I mean, same. Uh, so Tina Fey phoning it in. Uh, look, <laughs> I can think of two animated movies that Tina Fey lent her voice to, and I can tell you that she did not. She did not add anything to either of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think the dad was Steve Carell. I'm I'm kind of no, thinking. No, no, someone is Steve Carell. Someone was Steve Carell. I think. Ponyo dub cast. No, Was it, no, it's Matt Damon. I, Matt Damon, yeah. If it isn't Spirit's Stallion of the Cimarron himself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've had a very rich conversation about the complexities uh, of animation and its relation to North America. Yeah, it's been good. Um, if you like Spirited Away, um, in anime, check out your name. Um, I was gonna say, isn't um the voice of Haku in the sub? Isn't he in your name? Oh, is he? That'd be cool. I think I saw that. Your name was my favorite film that year, of twenty sixteen. I've not seen it, but I've heard a lot about it recently, and I've been meaning to watch it. I think, yeah, I think it is him. He's the main character. Uh, maybe. Oh, I'm sorry. It no, it's a it's a silent voice. That's oh, okay. what I was thinking of because I've also heard they're both on my list of like um to widen my reach of uh japanese animation that i've seen Mm. that uh a silent voice and uh your name are both on my list so we need to watch perfect blue too (gasps) yes we do um i haven't seen it that one sounds right up our alley yeah well uh before we get more spirited away i'm so oh, sorry God. um you use that joke twice now i know <laughs> and i did it on purpose yeah. uh, it's a recurring bit you're welcome it, yeah put that on the next shirt <laughs> um we're gonna do one more ad about uh the young center for immigrant children's rights and then we're gonna give out some crazy so stick around was a young child and uh i was an only child and one of the things that's really hard about being in that situation when you're young and feel kind of isolated is that the world can seem really scary and you can feel like you have an unusual amount of responsibility at such a young age and you should be a kid having friends and playing and doing all that fun things well in spirited away chihiro can you know 
deal with her sadness and alienation by going on an adventure and run away through magic and by her exemplary kindness, but for many, many children, that's not even an option or something that can actually get them out of these rough situations. So let's talk about the Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights. The Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights protects and advances the rights and best interests of immigrant children according to the Convention on the Rights of the Child in state and federal law. They serve unaccompanied children who are fleeing violence, trafficking, abuse, and extreme poverty. And they advocate for the safety and well-being of each child while they're detained and throughout deportation proceedings every step of the way. And they stand for the creation of an immigration system that serves children. You can donate to support the work of the Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights by visiting www.theyoungcenter.org. Additionally, we'll donate $2 per listen up to a total of $50 to the Young Center and their efforts to champion for the rights and best interests of unaccompanied immigrant children, making sure that wherever they land, whether here in the U.S. or in their home country, they are safe. And now, I'm a big baby and I'm gonna break your arm if you don't listen to the rest of the episode! back um so stefan let's just jump right into it yeah spirited away why did this might be the hardest time we've had to answer this but (laughs) why did people like it and what do you like about it um spirited away was something um a lot of people probably hadn't seen anything like it it's a visual spectacle uh totally um, pretty unique for what it is and has great just really quality workmanship in it, uh, art, music, um, voice acting, just all of it all around is really high quality, uh, maybe except the writing, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the writing's okay. It's just, you don't go see this movie for the, the story. Actually, I would say the story is good. The characters yeah. are inconsistent. And when you have, bad voice acting it emphasizes that in the mm-hmm. dub <laughs> yeah i didn't watch all the dub but <laughs> yeah um i really love the art in this movie i think it's amazing um just as i said before kind of just every single frame is gorgeous and you can tell a lot of work and love and artistry went into it and i think that's really um, really cool when people can come together and do something like that. It's my favorite part about film. Yes. So um, that's what I like about it. I think it's worthy of praise. Well, r- radical, dude. <laughs> yeah. Should I give it praise now or should do, do it? We haven't do done this in a while. First? I don't Yeah, uh, no. Uh, now I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Okay. Yeah, go um, for it. People liked it because they're fucking dumb. No. Because <laughs> they're fucking stupid. stupid. If you liked it, then you're fucking stupid. Yeah, why don't you go watch Family Guy too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, Lois is stuck in an elevator with the radish <laughs> Remember that time? I love stupid family guy jokes. Oh, Peter. I can't move with this radish spirit. Oh, no face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I've been in such high spirits lately. I, yeah. It's good. Um, yeah, we're both feeling good, I think. We got a date, we got a job. Women can have it all. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what if they remade the women, but it was just us? <laughs> What's the women? Um, we can get into that okay. <laughs> some other time. We don't have time. Um, yeah, I support that though. Uh, so spirited way, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna say something confidently, even though if I don't know if it's true, I think people liked it because they were already starting to be familiar with this style of animation and movies through home video through Buena Vista, and so they saw a poster of a young girl in this style, and they were like, "Great kids movie." magic and adventure and so they went to see it and they were like wow that was beautiful and uh deep and uh their children were like this is the most interesting thing i've ever seen and people our age were like wow i love all these movies and i'm gonna grow up with them and make them into a personality and uh and yeah i <laughs> i think that's what happened and people were like well, Shrek was crass. We have to give it Spirited Away an award because it is fine art. You might not understand it, but that's how you know it's good. <sighs> mm. That's 100% it. No, yeah. no, no contest. No room, no room for debate. No. About why Lilo <laughs> instead should have won the Oscar. <laughs> In Daniela's eyes. Uh, I did not get into that. I didn't say that explicitly and I won't take the time to do it, but I I maybe think that. But it's such favorite Disney movie. Love it. Yeah. Um what I like about it, it is beautiful. And I relate to these young girl characters. I especially did at that age. Um and that feeling of both being lost and full of wonder. And mm. um I think the richness of the lore is incredible. Uh, how detailed it is and confident it is in such a short span of time that you have just just all of these rules of this world, a bathhouse for spirits, and how No Face operates, and these witch. All of it is really interesting. There's nothing like it. I really appreciate that. I do think it is worthy of praise so let's give out praises yeah Stefan, out of five mm. possible praises how much praise do you think the movie got and how much praise do you think it deserves um i'm gonna say it got a four and it deserves a four it's right on right on track nice yeah it's like me and shrek <laughs> um uh, yeah, I think it got a four as well. I'm gonna give it a th three. 
I don't know. And maybe this is nostalgia. I just, I kind of wish... To me, Kiki's Delivery Service has a lot of these elements. And I actually, I, I know there's a subset of people who really love that movie, but I don't think it's considered in the same class as like My Neighbor Totoro and mm. Howl's Moving Castle and whatnot. But I think Kiki's Delivery Service does a lot of the same things in a much more um, cohesive and beautiful way. Not with as much lore, but there are witches. And um, I just don't think this is Miyazaki's best. His most ambitious and his most beautiful? Probably. But I don't think it's his best. Um, and he can do really amazing shit. So, I mean, that's not... Bottom of the Barrel is still, like, <laughs> like a really fucking good movie, but besides... I wonder if yeah. you'd like it better if you watched the original voice track. Maybe, but I don't know if it's... I do dislike the dub, but I don't think it's the dub that affects my feelings about it. It's 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 the plot I don't feel is connected to. Yeah, you genuinely, I think, put her are like more invested in plot than I am generally. That's so weird. Cause I'm a care. I like always prefer, like if I choose, I would prefer a character driven movie, but I think it's like, I want the plot to be reflective of the character. Yeah. And when I feel like they deviate a little bit, I'm kind of like, well, what's the point? <laughs> I think I'm more like, I think I'm more like, um, drawn to, I can forgive something like with spectacle and if it's got like cool art and well, shit. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm not forgiving. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like. <laughs> I think that's been like kind of a running theme through our praises. It's kind of. It's just kind of interesting. Yeah, I well, I want things that feel more like a character's. Study, yeah, I guess you know, like Shrek. <laughs> I'm too gay for Shrek. Um well that's our show. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Remember to um follow, support, donate to the Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights. Uh you can follow us at praise underscore pod. You can support us uh at coffee.com. Yeah, slash, this is new. Yeah, slash praise underscore pod. So that's spelled K-O dash F-I dot com slash praise underscore pod. And you can help us uh, grow our podcast for no more than the price of a cheap cup of coffee. Um, that'll help us. It'll help sustain us continuing to donate to these organizations. It'll help us pay for our editor. Um, something that I've been wanting to do as a project to make our podcast more accessible is make sure we get all of our episodes transcribed. Um, that will probably cost some money because we don't necessarily have the time ourselves to do the labor. Um, and we also want to upgrade our equipment. So these are all things we want. We really love doing this podcast and we hope you love listening. So please consider supporting us um, at our coffee account. Again, that's ko-fi.com at uh, at uh, dot com slash praise underscore pod. So yes, uh, support us. Uh, special thanks to Shanna Brown, our kick-ass editor. Shanna. Um, keep in keep following us for updates on our uh, two gay for Shrek t-shirt. 
And uh, stay tuned. Our next episode is going to be a hot one. It's going to be on Rosemary's Baby. Spoiler alert, it stars the baby from Spirited Away. (laughs) I was going to say it stars the baby from Boss Baby. (laughs) Alec Baldwin. Wait, Spirited Away? Oh, what about the baby from Ice Age? (laughs) There's a baby in Ice Age? That's the whole plot. They take care of a baby. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening, and until next time, praise responsibly. Bye. Bye.